Hey everybody, Rich here. I just wanted to interrupt the beginning of your podcast, and I'm really sorry for this, by the way. I, I'll be as quick as I can, but I ramble. I'm doing it already. Um, I just wanted to let you know that in the build-up to Christmas, we're having a bit of a fundraiser. I'd like to add some things to the website that are going to cost some money and uh, update some equipment and replace some equipment that's come to the end of its life, that sort of thing. If there's anything at all you can do to help us out, uh, please visit paypal.me slash simply syndicated. And anything at all is very helpful and extremely appreciated. I really am sorry to interrupt your podcast for stuff like this. But this you have to do this from time to time. People tell me, I, I don't do enough of this stuff. And I, I just feel awkward. I'm, I'm doing the rambling thing. I'm nearly up to a minute now. You just wanted a podcast. And I'm, I'm doing this. But anyway, paypal.me slash simply syndicated thank you merry christmas enjoy the show whatever it is i don't know i'm sticking this on everything shut up rich see you later bye hello welcome to uh shaken not stirred hello hello I nearly fell into trying to do that in a Sean Connery voice. Hello. <laughs> Shake and not stirred. Shake and not stirred. Did it in the end anyway. Right, so you only live twice. Apparently. Or so they say. Yeah. The fifth film. Is it the fifth already? Yeah. We're on to the fifth. Wow. This is the last of the original good ones. Uh, um, by good, you mean Sean Connery ones? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, after this, we're going on to On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which is grim, to say the least. That's kind of why we put this one off, isn't it? Yeah. That's the, There's been a mental barrier in doing this, because you, I know I'm about to leave my comfort zone. <laughs> well, the... I do you know what though? I do like the uh, Roger Moore era. It's all camp and comedy. Yeah, yeah. It, it changes pace. It, it, they're they're very different films, uh, and they are, they do become known as the Roger Moore ones. They are very definitely the Roger Moore ones. Yeah. Um, but on Her Majesty's Secret Service and Diamonds Are Forever, which, in which Sean Connery returns, one oh, can God, only yes. assume they drove two dump trucks full of cash up to his house. <laughs> Um, you know, nothing teaches the producers how needed you are by you not being there. Uh, uh, so that's what they, they did. I, I actually don't think on Her Majesty's Secret Service is the worst Bond film, but... We'll, it was we'll, a difficult one for Lazenby, wasn't it? Absolutely. It's a difficult one to jump into a role. That's that's the next show. Anyway. Yeah, we should we should we should save that for the next show. Yeah, this is this let's, the last one of the proper good ones, the original run of of Bond films before things started going weird. I'd be interested to know up until this came out in 1967. I'd be interested to know how many film series had made it into five parts at this point. I mean, now a five film series. You mean is, by by series you mean franchise? Yeah. The only ones I can think of off the top of my head are probably Carry On. Of course, because they were filming three or four for every 
Bond film that happened. Yep. Um, other than that, oh, now I feel compelled to search for the Carry On films and just get some confirmation on that one. Oh, yeah, of course, because they were doing those back in the day when they were, they started well into black and white. Yeah, 1958. They'd have been well past their fifth film by then, wouldn't they? Absolutely. How many have they done? That's the question. Ah, hang on then. Uh, the Carry On films, they have done 31. Jesus. Between 1958 and 1992, 31 low-budget films. Um. The last one was Columbus? It was. Uh, so they did the first lot over a 20-year period, 58 to 78, and then Carry On Columbus came out in 92, according to the, the Wikipedia. Running time estimated at 2,700 minutes. That's a useful <laughs> statistic for you. What's the running time of all the Carry On films combined? Who would ever want to know that? And who has sat down and and, and why estimate it? Why not just add it up? Yeah, properly rather it's, than estimating. It's probably around the twenty seven hundred point. I would imagine. Add them up. It's only adding thirty one numbers. <laughs> Get a calculator. That's easy. Anyway, and they'll all be numbers less than a hundred. I bet. Never mind. You only live twice. So it's the Bond franchise is doing well at this point. Yes. People liked Goldfinger. They they were going to like this. And it's all right. I'm going to hit play on the uh, copy I have of it here so it's playing along while I'm talking. Um, let's see. So it's, it's set in Japan. So it it's, is. It's quite exotic. <clears throat> and we're going to get quite... Is it Japan f- or is it... He starts off in Hong Kong, doesn't he? Ooh. We'll find out yes. in a minute. As, as yeah, he starts place. off in Hong Kong and then goes to Japan. Okay. Uh, we get... Again, there's a few Bond tropes that come out for the first time in this one. What? Yeah, there are. But I, I've, I've got to say, was there a different theme on this one? Or a newly recorded theme? I'm not sure off the top of my head. I haven't... Or it may be that this is the first one that I've watched that had good sound quality on it. Maybe so. I haven't read anything about that, and I haven't <clears> noticed <throat> anything myself, and I can't check now because I'm doing a show. But fair enough. Um, it it might, might have happened, but as you say, given the, I think we've pointed out the this audio quality on the Blu-ray transfers is quite poor. Yeah. Uh, and so maybe it was this one where they could do something decent with it, uh, and it just sounds cleaner. I don't know. I, There's I also. Yeah, there's is there another oh, no? It is it's uh, I've I've got to say as well, like it starts off in space, right? Yeah, these effects kind of hold up. It's not bad at all, really. I mean, apart from the fact that <laughs> when I mean, the ship is just going across the screen above the Earth, that's a bit ropey. But like, you can't see anything really in the way of any of the mats or anything or any rear projection or whatever no there's nothing like that it's pretty clean uh the only thing that really spoils it for me is the 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 fact that it's clearly not filmed in zero gravity which i'm not i'm not getting at them for it's 1968 
what are you going to do? What would you do now? You wouldn't even bother doing it for this now. Um, but it, well, it's... Have you seen Gravity? No. Did they do that in Zero-G as well? No. They oh, did right. it all on wires. So it can be done very well. Yeah. I will I will see Gravity at some point. It's worth it. When it makes it to Blu-ray. I yeah. Think. Um... But you're right, these these effects hold up. I'm now at the point they're they're getting captured by the big the slightly bigger spaceship that eats smaller spaceships. Yeah. Which is quite a I don't even know if this would work scientifically. <laughs> to be perfectly well, honest. Isn't it's no real difference from a docking procedure, surely? If I you've don't got know. the dimensions. Can you it's what do they really do in terms of docking procedures? I don't know. My favourite part about this is that they don't have an airlock. They just open the cockpit and they're straight out into space. That's what year was this? 68. 68. So they would have had a spacewalk by now. But surely. they didn't have an airlock. No. Did they not? No. You want an airlock, you've got to wait for a space shuttle to come along. Really? Yeah. Oh, I suppose they had a separate capsule, though, didn't they? Um, Maybe not. Maybe Depending, not. No. Um, so the whole the whole spaceship depressurized. Yeah, it was a case of everybody put your helmet on. I believe like that. I'm prepared to be corrected, but that's that's how I understood it, especially in sort of the Apollo days. Hmm. That sort of thing. I mean, you see them in in the movie Apollo 13 when things start to go wrong. It's get your helmet on. Yes. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Because, but I mean. Mind you, that, go, that, that kind that's, of makes that's sense kind of a anyway. good good thing to to do if you're in space and anything goes wrong at all. I wonder how many uh, Starship Enterprise crew members would have been saved over the years if <laughs> put your helmet on was the red alert <laughs> procedure. <laughs> you know that one dude floating off into space. He should be all right. Just, ah, I got my helmet on. Ha <laughs> ha. You really need to watch Gravity. I will do. I'll get to it. So, so anyway, then we go back to Earth where. Uh, the USSR and the Americans are blaming each other for capturing each other's spaceships. And the Brits are in the middle. I do love the political dynamic that's going on in this, this room here. That you just need the British person to say, well, come now. Don't be so silly. Clearly, this is the work of somebody else. What are you doing? Stop arguing. Children, children, please. I forget the exact line he used, but it's something along the lines of, well, we believe our own thing and we're investigating, so you can either be with us or against us. Yeah. But Her Majesty has decided to do this. So, screw you guys. Yes. <laughs> um, fine. It's it's good. I, I'd like the, I kind of like the reminder that we were maybe once considered a world power. Yeah, <laughs> and so I, I, you know, I get that little sense of nostalgia there. It's, the weird thing is that they came to us as the reasonable guys. Who would do that these days? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, go go to the UK. They're reasonable people. They can mediate this. Did you ever see the? Uh, do you remember the Mac PC adverts that Apple? Yeah. Did oh you, yeah. And yeah. there were there were many parodies. There was one where you had a guy coming going, "Hi, I'm a Mac." And then the guy goes, "Hi, I'm a PC." And then this other dude walks on and goes, "Hi, I'm Linux." And the other two turn to him and just go, "Fuck off." <laughs> I think I have seen that. That's what I imagine that scene would play out like if they did it today. America yeah. and Russia just turning to him, "Fuck off." 
Okay, sorry, didn't mean to say anything. Sorry. <laughs> it's kind of what happens at the UN these days, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Um, Quite any EU conference. Yeah. But we then <laughs> move on to another joke beginning. They feel like they did well getting us at the beginning of From Russia With Love with the, but Bond's dead. And they thought they'd bring it back again for this. I've, I've, yes, yeah. But th- this scene, oh, this scene, it's like immediately we're into uncomfortable territory because, I mean, apart from the fact that Sean Connery looks like he's wearing a wig. He may like, well be. He may well be. But um, this is where he he utters the immortal line, Chinese girls taste different. Doesn't he ask, why do Chinese girls taste different? <laughs> Possibly. To which I'd say it's probably the MSG. <laughs> I don't... I'm only joking, everybody. Oh, only, my God. Only joking. <laughs> only everybody in the world. Oh, God. I'm, I'm kidding. That's that's a joke <laughs> answer. I don't think it's a terrible thing for him to have said. He's he's not being he's not being racist. No, I know, but it's again, it's just so rapey. Is it? Did is it? Is, are you just you, getting you a rapey assume, vibe from Sean Connery? In maybe general, I right? am, but but like, well, let's wait until we get further on in this film to for, to pass judgment on that. But basically, you have to assume that he's been with. Many, many, many women of many, many different races and cultures and creeds to come to the conclusion that Chinese girls taste different. Absolutely. Oh, come on. We've got enough evidence of that from the four previous films. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. We we know he's an absolute slag. And <laughs> it's just how he works. But he gets killed. He does. Again. Terrible. I, and I have a lifelong fear of women with fold-down beds because of this. <laughs> it never really came up, fortunately. But I guarantee you, if I was ever to go back to a girl's house and she had a fold-up bed, I'd just sorry, love, it's off. I'm going now. I've got to say, if you slow-mo through this scene, when that bed shuts... Oh, I've not tried that. Hang on. Is it, is it poor? Is it blatantly a mannequin strapped to a bed? No, no, no. No, because there's no one on the bed when it closes. But basically, you just watch the wall. Oh, the whole thing goes, doesn't it? The whole set is wobbling. I think even the ceiling fan wobbles. It's just... (laughs) (laughs) Does that... that, Surely that still happens with films. Mustn't it? Because they, it's no, they just build them set. better. Oh right! If so, they know that, if they know it's going to be like that sort of contraption, they'll build it better. So is this really just a question of shit set building? More than anything, no. It's probably a question of budget and and you know the age that it was built in. Right. Behind that bed when it goes, except a curtain. They only built what they needed. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, anyway, he gets shot. He gets folded up in a bed and he gets shot with uh, some wicked cool machine guns. I love it when the cartridge is on the side. I do as well. It, it's very cool, isn't it? I've just been reminded by the opening credits, we've not said who this film was directed by. I don't know. I haven't, a, I haven't got there yet, that's why. Oh, right. It's a man called Lewis Gilbert. I, I don't know how significant he is. Let's see. 
Um, directed more than 40 films. Among them are such varied titles as Reach for the Sky, Sink the Bismarck, Alfie, Educating Rita, Shirley Valentine. Oh, hello. He's quite good then. Yeah. Oh, well, you say that because his uh, last one is good, Moonraker. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, so that, that kind of drags you down. Uh, and the spy who loved me. So we'll talk about this guy twice more. Mm. But we, someone we probably won't talk about more is the person who did the screenplay for this. Roald Dahl. Indeed. Um, I, 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 I'm tempted to say a very unusual choice, but he did do other. Uh, he did didn't he do um, Tales of the Unexpected? Did he? They were that. That was all his writing. Tales of the Unexpected. Um, which, for those of you who aren't as old as us and who don't know what Tales of the Unexpected is, it was a kind of weekly drama series, and each show was a completely different story. So it, it wasn't like a series series. It was just tonight on Tales of the Unexpected. Here's a story. Uh, I've only seen a couple because it was on when I was very, very young. Its theme tune is perhaps more famous than uh, the actual show itself. But the one I saw wasn't bad. Roald Dahl, of course, being famous for writing legendary children's novels. That my mom. He also didn't did really... Chitty Chitty Bang Bang as well. No, that that was Ian Fleming. Mm, no, screenplays by Roald Dahl. Oh, right, I see what you're saying, yes. Ian Fleming wrote the book of Chitty yeah. Chitty Bang Bang. Yes, sorry. Obviously obviously liked working together then. Well, they, they do all right when they do, because two classic films. You know, we're still talking about... Uh, the, well, they're still doing stage plays of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I have trouble saying it. I have to say it very yeah. carefully. Because <laughs> otherwise you end up doing the uh, the adult version. Yeah. Did you know Mike uh, worked on that show in the West End for two weeks? Which one? Uh, Stora. He of Make no, It no, Which show? Uh, chitty, chitty, <laughs> chitty, chitty, bang, bang. I was waiting for you to m- m- mess that up. Yeah. Sorry, Rich. I'm just trying to trip you, you up. That's mean. That's mean. Yeah, he did two weeks on that show as part of his Unicos. That's pretty uh, cool. With Michael Ball. Oh. Well, yeah. Oh, well. Who apparently will not go on stage until his agent tweaks his nipples. <laughs> that's that's bullshit. That's Michael Ball's pre-show psych-up. That's bullshit. That can't be true. I that's just I Mike. Know. That's just Mike. Like might be true. Might not. Making stuff up. I don't know. I don't know. And he said Brian Blessed, who was also on that show. Will say Gordon's alive at the drop of a hat if you just. Oh, ask he will. Him. Yeah, he will. He's and he's like he is a raging loon, but he's one of the nicest guys ever. He I lives would, locally to me. I would love to spend an hour chatting with Brian Blessed. You uh, wouldn't get to chat. Well, yeah. As soon as you say hello, he's off, and he will speak for an hour at you. No, that's that's brilliant. That's what I. That's what you want, essentially, isn't it? If I was recording an interview with me and Brian Blessed, no one's downloaded that to hear me. <laughs> but the weird thing, I, me- I remember bumping into him when he was just uh, doing, or he just finished filming The Phantom Menace, or doing the voice for The Phantom Menace. And he was just telling anyone who'd listened the storyline. Really? 
brilliant. It was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Brilliant. Oh, dear. Because what's George Lucas going to do to Brian Blessed? <laughs> what's anyone going to do to Brian Blessed? He would shout at them until they went away. He, he would just open his mouth and shout, and they would they literally would be blown away. They would. You, you know when he's coming, because he'll, he'll enter a room or a, or a shop or whatever and just go, I'm here! <laughs> Brilliant. Like, oh, hi. Nice L- to see you, Brian. Love that guy. Love that guy. Anyway. Anyway. Things are happening. <laughs> he's been given his mission by M at this point. No, hang he's... on, hang on. He hasn't, because he got buried at sea. Oh, where, where are you up to? Give me a, give uh, me a time code. Uh, eight minutes thirty-one. All oh, right, I was. I'm, but I'm fast forwarding. So he's he's been buried at sea by the Royal Navy, um, because he's dead. So they're making a big show of the fact that he's having this burial at sea, and then some divers like rescue his body and uh, take him to a submarine. Um, again, very clear waters in Hong Kong. It um, looks generally very clean there. Yes. Yeah. But is, this is is this the first time we see him in his full naval uniform as well? Uh, I'm not sure about that. Uh maybe cuz it, it's it might be it's a dress uniform, isn't it? Mm. It might be the first time we see him in a naval dress uniform. Mm. Um But uh it, what what is it, what is his connection with the navy? He's a commander in the Royal, Royal Navy. That's why he's Commander Bond in later films. But he he's in MI6. Yeah, I I guess we don't know because we need to know the backstory for that. But I would imagine that he was recruited from the navy. That that's the feeling I get. If I'm that, and that makes perfect sense. I would imagine. Yeah, and I would imagine because MI6 is a is is military intelligence section six. Yes. So therefore, that's interesting because M is wearing a general's uniform. Which is army, or is it an admiral? Um, I don't know. Hang on, I've got to fast forward a bit. Um, well, if they're recruiting Bond from the navy, does it not make sense that other people within the organisation would have been rec- recru- recruited from other? Armed yeah, I guess forces? so. Um, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just. Uh, uh, maybe it's just a regional, because the the sailors who who put him on board. They're dressed in in whites, aren't they? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, They've probably changed the uniforms since this film. Yes, I I would imagine they have. (laughs) But I I think it would make sense, because, I mean, like, where are you recruiting double O agents from, if not trying to pick the best and the brightest already in the armed forces? Yeah, exactly. It's from, you know, people who like in the SAS and stuff like that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and plus we know that he's well educated and that sort of thing. So he would, he would have gone up quite quickly through the ranks of an armed yeah. force. He wouldn't so, have gone in as a private or anything like that or whatever. No, he would have been in an officer's crew. training, wouldn't he? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I get a, a seaman, by the way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's no, not a jot of seaman about him. No, there isn't. <laughs> Not at all. I love that he gets to burn his orders up. Yeah, this is brilliant. The temptation to to burn it up and then go, oh, wait, was that a seven at the end or a nine? But I love that it's clearly made from magic paper or something. Flash paper. 
And, and I don't. What I don't get is that M goes to a drawer specifically to get this one bit of paper out. How bizarre is that? Well, it's, why it's... didn't he just write it down in front of him and then hand it, or you know, a drawer in his desk, or why? Know. Why that drawer? It seems like a very odd thing to leave lying around in a drawer if it's for one person's eyes only. What if the cleaner came in and was like, "Oh, we just clean these drawers"? I think this whole setup is weird. <laughs> to be honest, and I, I think this is the first time where we see it comes out a lot more, mainly in the Roger Moore ones, where mm. they've set up an MI6 office in a foreign country, which is an exact copy of M's office yeah, in London. Like, because the head of MI6 is going to be travelling around the world, aren't, aren't they? Exactly. I guess, this, I guess this is before they built their headquarters in London. I mean, isn't it? how. They're on a submarine, and yet M's in a spacey office <laughs> with with money with penny in her own sub office outside. Yeah, with art on the walls and this sort of thing, like, and carvings and a bust of Churchill as yeah, well. Apparently, just I'm not really familiar with the intricacies of the inside of a submarine, but I'm thinking <laughs> no way on the big office. Probably, if they've got room for big offices, then they can't be as cramped as I've been led to believe submarines are. They're so. not that cramped. They have lots of pipes running overhead, but they're not that cramped. Fair enough. They fire him out of the torpedo tube as well. <laughs> How does that work? It works. Does it? Yeah, yeah. You can use them in an emergency um, on submarines as an escape chute. What is the method of propulsion of Bond from the, the tube? Well, it doesn't look very quick, that's for sure. Well, of course but, not. But there's no, there's no like explosive happening in a torpedo launch, right? I didn't know that. I assume they have. It's probably, it's probably. I think it's, um, it's air propulsion. Because if you think how submarines work, they're all about ballast anyway. So you, you know, you you're filling tanks with air and and filling them with water on and off to rise and and, and dive. Yeah, and I think it's a similar sort of technique with torpedoes because if you think torpedoes basically have a propeller on them right okay but the only the only the only thing coming out of a torpedo that that has propulsion is a missile which is a rocket okay fair enough i I, it doesn't really it's fairly incidental isn't it it is he's at the sumo wrestling place for me now (laughs) yes some of them aren't all that big in fact, they're quite skinny guys, some of these guys. Some of them are skinnier than me. Not criticising, sane. Really. It does look, look look like fun, though, I must admit. Sumo wrestling. Yeah, well, the whole event. I mean, there's like thousands of people there. He's very trusting of his contacts, isn't he? Doesn't he have a code word at this point? He gets to I say, love you. I love you. And it's like, I know. Oh, are you the... Th- oh, I see. And then they, they, he knows he's talking to the right person. Yeah. He doesn't stand out at all in that crowd, does he? <laughs> this is a film in which Sean Connery stands out. <laughs> From the first frame <laughs> but I suppose to the when last you, when, frame. Yeah, when you think about it, though, I suppose this is the height of um, Imperial Britain. Or, or em- Empirical uh, c- certainly yeah. in, in Hong Kong. In Hong Kong, yeah, that's what I mean. So it, it would not be uncommon to see oh, no. a British businessman 
in a crowd of of, of um, resident Hong Kong. I, I I totally see your point. However, I'm looking through the crowd, and I don't see another non-Chinese person there. Yeah, not not a single one in the background anywhere. So maybe it is a bit far-fetched. I don't know. I don't know. But nevertheless, he's there. This isn't the most sticking out he's ever going to be throughout this film. <laughs> That's true. Um, but nevertheless, here he is. And he's going to make his contact. Who's a nice, pretty Chinese lady? Uh, yes. Yeah. No, and she, uh, and she says that she loves him. So he's fine with that. That that makes complete. It's a bit of a shit phrase, isn't it? Because it could be sold, said by anyone. You need a. I I always like the one with the. Can I borrow a, a? Do you have a match? No, I use a lighter. They're better until they go wrong. That one. That was the one in um, from Russia with love, wasn't it? Yeah. That the, the the Russians found. Obviously, they had to change their code word because the Russians cracked it. So maybe they just went much more simply. Maybe so. And th- there's another good one. I think it's in uh, For Your Eyes Only when he's he meets his contact while he's skiing and it's like the snow in here's pretty good, but I hear it's better over there. Yes. And yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. They're better keywords to use. I love you. It's like you've just seen The Great Escape and thought that bit with Charles Bronson was funny. But nevertheless. <laughs> or Star Wars. I or love Star you. Wars. I know. Not for another decade. No, I suppose. So off he goes to meet Henderson, who's a, another British guy who's been living in Hong Kong for 20 years, apparently. And who had uh, and previously li- played Blofeld? <laughs> oh, but no, not in, no. Not in Vision. Sorry, yes. No, he's going, He's Blofeld in uh, Diamonds Are Forever. I'm getting yes, ahead of myself. Yeah. He's, he's going to come back. Um, and was... lives in a, um, a paper house, apparently. Yes. This All was, the walls are made of paper. This was, funnily enough, this was a joke in this year's York pantomime. Because it was it was Aladdin. So it's obviously, they set it in China, and they did the scene where they're in the house, and the walls are made of paper, and people just keep bursting through the walls. <laughs> uh, but this is really where this man lives. And, and, and it's a tiny paper room as well. Oh, no, it gets bigger. It does get bigger. But, I mean, this is a running theme throughout this film. Paper walls. Yeah. Now, this dude was apparently almost James Bond. Was he indeed? Yeah. Who is it? I, I, I want to say Christine rem- Glover. No, no, no. You're thinking... <laughs> Who am I thinking of? You're thinking of Julian Glover. Yes, I am. It's Charles Gray. Yeah, it's neither of them. Yeah. But he looks like Julian Glover. Who I believe was in in uh, in a Bond film. He was until he was killed by choosing the wrong Grail. That's who I'm thinking of, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yes. I get them mixed up all the time, which is weird because I couldn't name another film Charles Gray's in. Although I I've, might have seen one, I don't know. I've got to look at his filmography now to see. I've if used. Any... I've I've worked with Julian Glover. Have you really? Yeah. When I was in school, um, I was in a, a, I don't know, some sort of musical thing. I was I was a percussionist back in the day, um, and I was uh, his cue. He was playing God, and I was his cue. I hit this massive gong, and that was his cue. All right, I I was optimistic and thought you'd be coming in and say, "Now pay attention, God. See this <laughs> pen. It becomes <laughs> a God. 
<laughs> you, you see this ape? Well, what you what you don't know is in a couple of millennia, it's going to turn into a man. Yeah, that's I'm Q. What? No, yes, I, I was just Q. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's Julian Glover who was. Did I get that right? Julian yeah, Glover. You did. It, it was him that was nearly James Bond at one point. Maybe instead of Roger Moore, it's on one of the behind the scenes. Okay, I'm just trying to see if he was actually in a Bond film, and I'm just doubting myself now. feel like he might have been. I hate how Charles Gray dies in this. It's so bollocks, isn't it? I think you'd at least have taken a step forward. Or reacted. Yeah. I I don't think there's a way... He was in For for Your Eyes Only, Julian Glover. Of course he is. He's the bad guy. Christatos. Yeah. He's the bad guy in Which makes me think that you've mixed these people up. There's all kinds of confusion going on here. (laughs) I think we're much better off leaving this one because I don't think we're going to make any sense out of it. (laughs) Yeah, so he gets, he he goes and, like, Bond doesn't trust him at first and then uh, he does. Well, he he said, I love you or something. Well, he hit, no, he he tests which is his wooden leg because he knows he's only got one leg, so he, he hits him in one. But the the this is this is the infamous scene that uh, is always um, shown in trailers and and quoted and stuff where he makes him a vodka martini and he goes uh, that's sure not steak and isn't that correct? And Bond's like oh yeah lovely yeah but in a Sean O'Connor accent yes yeah, d- d- he gets it wrong doesn't he yeah of course he does. and Bond being Bond doesn't even flinch doesn't correct him no he does a wonderful job of hiding on the back seat of these guys' car. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> when it's blatantly... So he, gets sta- he gets stabbed through the paper wall. Uh, another reason not to have... Like, what if it hailed? I, come if on, it ha- what if there was a light breeze? It's made of paper, <laughs> for God's sake. So Bond jumps through the paper wall and chases after the, the assassin and captures him. And uh, you know he's in China now because they were wearing face masks. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, he get, grabs one of them, and the other guy doesn't even notice. He's just still waiting in the car. And he decides to steal this guy's clothes and pretend to be him. Takes his coat, his hat, and his surgical mask. Yeah. And jumps in a, a, a Mitsubishi, mm. I think that is. And uh, this guy doesn't even notice. Off he drives. I think he notices. He just doesn't react. It's like, is that James Bond just got in the back of my car? Yeah, I've seen him in those films. What the fuck is going on? Didn't we, we've come to kill him and he's got in my car. Well, I'll just drive back to work then. No, they went to kill Henderson. Oh, not yeah. Bond. It's just kind of like just... He, I'm surprised he's not driving along giggling, thinking he doesn't know I know it's him. <laughs> he <laughs> thinks he's hiding, bless him. <laughs> what, is he, who's he kidding? He's only got a hat on. My God. So I, anyway, he he carries him into the office... And uh, puts him on the sofa, and then he realises that it's James Bond. Yes, hang on, you're not my five-foot-two Chinese friend. <laughs> you're Sean Connery. Yeah. So uh, they have a ruck, they go through a couple more Chinese, uh, paper walls in China, uh, and then Bond uses a sofa as a weapon. He does. I it, actually enjoy this fight. I think It's, it's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. He just picks up this sofa and then just, like, batters the guy. And then complains about Siamese vodka. Because you can tell the difference. (laughs) 
that's that's the point it, it's showing it's just a little dig about what a sophisticated man he is yeah he can try a vodka and tell you where it came from and all these other things if he, f- he finds that safe very easily doesn't he i don't get what the safe cracking tool is supposed to do i don't well i, I can tell you but i don't get why he has a safe cracking tool on him is it something you often carry? I suppose. Of course, because I suppose back in the sixties, everyone kept everything in a safe. He his day has consisted of going to the sumo wrestling, <laughs> meeting that guy, and then he went straight to meet Charles Gray. <laughs> so he that means he left his hotel to go to sumo wrestling with a safe cracker on him, just in case. That's quite ingenious. I do wonder what else is in his pocket at this point yeah. in time. But so, I d- do, you want, do you want to explain the safe cracker? Yeah, I don't get what it's doing. I mean, I understand the mechanics of a, a, a turny dial safe thing. Yeah. But I don't understand. It's it's listening for the click. click. And it's lighting it up. I just don't know why he has to press a button and it shows a number. Maybe that's just to make it look a bit more it's to, I think it's to reset it so that they go, right, I've, I've dialed that one in. What is interesting, though, is that the uh, numbers that appear on the safecracker don't correspond to um, the numbers on the tumbler. In any way, yes. That's just TV, That's just movies of the time. Um, he's going to escape by hiding behind a filing cabinet anyway, so we'll, we'll let these little indiscretions go. They hear, they, they hear a noise, so they don't bother investigating these security guards. And off he goes, uh, running down the hallway, and they go, oh, he slipped past. I mean, this is actually quite a tragic thing when you think about... Because he, he shoots and kills a security guard at what is otherwise a reasonably normal office building in Hong Kong. Yeah. That would be like major front-page news if someone broke into an office building and shot a guard. Yeah. But it doesn't come up because he's an evil guard, which is great. Yeah. Um, Dehumanise them a bit. And luckily, his, his girlfriend's outside waiting for him. Isn't that lucky? It really is. I mean, the advantage is to having a partner who drive who drives. It, it must be wonderful. Yeah. So, yes. Uh, so his, his girlfriend comes to the rescue. Now, I'm, I'm on the slightly confusing bit where she's driven him somewhere. And mm. rather than saying, come with me. She just runs. Yeah. And he has to chase her. Very odd. And hang on, what does it say here? Um, I've, I'm trying to read my own notes. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's what it says. It says metal door but paper walls. So, <laughs> so in the office building, they had a metal door that shut, but the walls were made of paper. Of course. Never occurred to me. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, so uh, the the woman says something which ticks him off a little bit and then he runs off, uh, she runs off, sorry, and he tries to chase her. And it's all a big setup, isn't it? It is, just to get him to fall down the slide. Yeah. To go and meet... Uh, his military... Uh, sorry, his intelligence attaché in, in Hong Kong. I loves a, He loves a, 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 a giggle, this guy. I like this dude. He seems like a laugh. And he's got some weird bronze round televisions in his office that are really yeah. odd. And seems to be playing um, 
uh, a copy of You Only Live Twice. I know. <laughs> it's quite well edited, isn't it? <laughs> I know. It's like the beginning of Star Trek 3. <laughs> I wonder if it's the special edition DVD release or the collector's edition or what. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no, Star Trek 4, I think it is, where Kirk and his crew are on trial and go, and here, if you see what happened at the end of Star Trek 2, if you watch this footage... <laughs> You'll see why you're in trouble, Captain Kirk. Like, why have you got that shot? How have you got a shot of the outside of the Enterprise exploding? How does that work? But never, unless you bought the film on DVD. Silly Federation. Maybe they have the technology to do that. What's his contact's name? I'm trying to find it. I want to say Tanaka. It is Tanaka. Is it? It is. Good memory. Oh, I have such a memory for useless shit like that. It's upsetting. Um, what actually is the plot of this film yet? Like, oh, it's the stealing the spaceship thing, isn't it? That's oh, it. yeah, he's got a few days to find out who's stealing the spaceship, and they think it's happening in Japan, because yeah. that's where the, the last spaceship was tracked to. Of course, and because that's it. The Americans are blaming the Russians. The Russians are blaming the Americans. They both want to do another space flight, and they're saying, if anything happens to it, we're going to blame you. And the, and the war will be a, happen. A war. Yeah. And instead, that's much better than saying, look, we're really not going to steal your little spaceship. Please don't kill us all. But, yeah, so Bond has to... I, we skipped... I, I skipped over it in my brain, I think. Uh, Bond has to find out what's going on before another spaceship is stolen. Yeah. Which he's not going to do. <laughs> uh, no. A few Spoiler more... Alert. Yeah, a few more spaceships will be stolen before he figures it out. Um, I like uh, Tanaka's personal train on the underground as it's well. It's brilliant, isn't it? And uh, I, so I particularly like the fact that um, they they project this picture and that they, they can't look at it through a spyglass. They have to project it and then they have to get someone to uh, zoom in on it and, and control the positioning of the picture and write, no, write down notes because they couldn't possibly do that themselves. No, that's how microdots work, though, isn't it? You've got to, yeah. got to zoom in. And so this, this film gives them a clue with the boat, the Ningpo, uh, which is pretty... Registered to the same yeah. corporation as he's just run out of. Which is Osato Chemical. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They're, they are far more scope for evil than toy companies or anyone else. If you ever get the chance to make something like a Bond film, you have to do that. Then the bad guy has to be the CEO of a toy company. Like a really popular one that specializes in girls' toys. <laughs> but he's also evil. And you don't have to see his business. It doesn't matter. We don't see the guy's chemical mm. business. But we just know he's evil because it's chemicals. That's it. Um, so Go ahead. They, they, yeah. So they, they discover the 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 ship and and see that there's some fishermen nearby. And and Bond goes, "Oh, just go and identify that coastline, will you?" You could do that so easily. You just put the picture in Google Image Search, now, yeah. <laughs> and you probably get something back. I don't know, but they 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 take their time doing it. This is this next scene really, where he has a bath with four women in their pants. Because that's how it's done. This is, oh. Yeah, he gets some some slave women in their pants to wash him down. 
again we're back and to it's... we're back to the strip club idea of i get that this is fun but why do you have to be here as well can't you go and have your own bath in another room and yeah and and, and they are women? both completely naked as well mm. like that that water's not hiding much it's not not enough but and any they do point out and the women just sort of sit there as well they're not always washing them they're just hanging out now if you, again, if you go slow mo through it, you can actually see Sean Connery's wearing some flesh colour pants. Really? Yeah. I, I will. I'll take the time to do that later. At about thirty-three, thirty-two. This is where we see just how knitted he is as well. That's what he looks like. That's how hairy he is. He looks like he's being knitted. Well, let, let's wait until later in the film. Oh yes. And then he finds out he can just go and check these women. It's ridiculous. It, this is the bit rapey. Oh, and then the girl from early is coming in. Yeah, the girl who gonna... murdered him. Yeah. No, it's not, it's a different girl, isn't oh, it's, it? Yeah, no, it's the girl you were sleeping with at the beginning, I'm sure. No. Yeah, because he says the line uh, along something along the lines of this time we can do it right or something like that. This that would be a major thing that I've missed for a long time. No, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm, that's go, the I'm case. going back. I'm skipping all the way back to the beginning. Just no, it's it's so a different girl. Then what's her? What does she say then? She says something. I don't know. I wish I could put subtitles on what I'm looking at. Hang on. Let's. I'm just playing it through my headphones. See what she says. It might just be that... This time you shall finish it, she says. I don't know. It's all very odd, because they've had, like, two conversations, if that. And she's just appeared to him in her underwear. And her, her name is Aki. It is. I don't know. It was, it's just another example of how women swoon at his feet because he's James Bond. Maybe it is a case of, you know, a woman in every port. Oh, that, that's a different, yeah, absolutely. That's the case for him. Absolutely. Uh, he's now going back to interview the head of the company, Mr. Osato himself. I'm masquerading as a potential new buyer. I'm just reading Wikipedia verbatim now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he goes back there and he's being watched and it's the same place he had the ruck with the guy. So the walls have been repaired. The statue he broke has been repaired. And there's cameras in the ceiling, which he sees. Um, and the and wi- this, this guy's got a helipad outside his window. Very convenient, though, isn't it? Yeah. you'd want. I would want a helipad outside my window. I'm more concerned about this guy that's watching James Bond on his monitor while he's typing. It's like, concentrate on one thing, dude. I think he's he's transcribing what he's doing. That's the impression I got. Right. And Ben, Although Bond's bending the, over now. He's touching Looking at now. the keyboard, it's just numbers. Well, it's, it's Chinese characters, so it could be... No, no, it's numbers. Oh, is it numbers? Oh, that's not just a camera. That's it's a gun. He's got a sight pointed on him. Ah, an upside down gun. Mm. Ready to kill him at the drop of a hat. Oh, it is. I thought it was a. Oh, okay. I missed that. It's only when you pause it that you see it. It's a gun camera. Hmm. Not very 
common in the world of filming and photography, but they do get you subject to behave. <laughs> so if you're ever having trouble with an awkward performer, strap a gun to the front of your camera yeah, and they'll be a lot more attentive. I'll I try imagine. that. Yeah, so we get to meet Mr. Osato and, and his, his fairly foxy assistant, Helga Brandt. And, and uh, he sits down behind his x-ray desk. Yeah, I love that when they do stuff like that. It's like, you're not really... How many they, times has this happened before that he had to get an x-ray machine in his desk? Exactly. That I never thought of that. that. When the seventh person has come to him and tried to kill him because they didn't know he was armed, it's like, seriously, we have got to do something about this. I'm going to need that x-ray desk we were talking about. <laughs> well, why don't we just check people at the door? Yeah, exactly. Why don't you just check people at the door? Get me the x-ray dis- desk. <laughs> that's that's but in Chinese, yeah. Obviously, I won't insult an entire nation again by mocking that. <laughs> so bad impression. They have their meeting and nothing much happens, and uh, so Bond leaves. And uh, the CEO, whilst Bond is still in earshot, says, uh, "Have him killed or something like that." Oh, here we have a, a what is arguably. And I'd have to go through them again to really make sure, but I, I think there's a case to be made. This is the one of the very first just shoot him in the head moments. Yeah. Because they've decided at this point, they they don't believe he is who he claims to be. They're playing him and they're going to have him killed outside in the car park by one of their security guards. And just kill him now where no one would see, where the only person that would know is the person who's ordered him killed. And his evil foxy henchman. Well, yeah. But no. They the don't. The girl in the sports car turns up to rescue him again. She's getting good at that. She is. I'd be a bit embarrassed if I were James Bond about that. Because she's not getting a good impression. <laughs> this scene's going on a bit. I'm forgetting. Oh, I'm, go- I'm going to fast forward now. Yeah, let's. Oh, this is where the Chinook comes in. With the magnet. I didn't realise Chinooks were that old. It must be a kind of Chinook. I, I don't know. Oh, of course, yeah, they because they, they're being chased by the bad guys. And she calls good. him reinforcements and says the usual, the usual reception, please, mm. which involves a Chinook helicopter with a magnet underneath it to winch the car up and dump it in the water. So again, like the guy with the the X-ray desk, this incident has happened enough times. <laughs> <laughs> to have a usual reception. And yeah. This is what she means by usual. And and as well, they're getting live pictures transmitted from some sort of second helicopter into the car of the car being dumped in the water. It's very clever, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, very you, clever. You can get amazing technology in the Far East. Yeah, the transistors are cheaper over there it's or something. Where all the good stuff came from. Mm. Absolutely. I, I just I'm imagining now the guy the pilot who is on call of that Chinook <laughs> helicopter. Like, can you you know what do you do? Oh, I fly the Chinook. Why? Just oh, it has an electromagnet in case we need to drop a car into the ocean. <laughs> and I'm just I'm ready to go at any moment because that's essentially what it is. They just murder these guys, and even the whole event really is a bit far-fetched because they want Bond killed, so they decide the best thing, way to do this is to have a rolling gun battle through the streets of Hong Kong. Yeah. 
which I can only imagine would get a little bit of attention from Wow, well, you never know, maybe it happened every day. I don't think it did. <laughs> and as well as the car being p- picked up and dumped in the ocean. Exactly. A car was found in the middle of the sea with four bodies in it. How did it get there? Maybe they it was that Chinook that's been flying around <laughs> dropping cars. <laughs> Yeah. No, you're right. He's now watching the monitor in the back of the car. And I, again, I can't imagine why it's in the back of the car and not some way integrated into the dashboard. But it's got a camera next to it as well. One either side. Yeah, it has. Maybe it was 3D. I was going to say that's for 3D web conferencing. <laughs> and everything is branded Sony. This was, I think this was the first uh, product placement. Right. In Bond films. That's why uh, they had the TV in the car then. Yeah. And it, it, it actually is product placement. They were paid money by Sony, I believe, to have that there. Oh, Pam started her nightly bang. I, don't know if you'll hear it. I can't hear anything. It's weird. She's going to bang now for maybe five minutes, and then it will stop for the rest of the night. Okay. And I... One day we'll go around and say, what the fuck are you doing? I can't figure it out. She's. It happens every night. This is late, actually, 25 past 8. It's normally around the half six mark. But they'll be banging for five minutes and it will stop. Occasionally, you'll hear her sawing a piece of wood. <laughs> and it will just be one piece of wood being sawed and nothing for the rest of the night. She's... Maybe she's very, very slowly building, like, an Ikea wardrobe? It's like she gets home from work, gets a saw and a big piece of wood, cuts the end off it, hits something with that bit for five minutes, and then goes and watches telly. That's... I I can't think of any other possibility for what she's doing. (laughs) Can't think of anything. I'm at a loss, so I might ask her one day. When a child's not a psychopath. Anyway. Anyway. James so Bond, they go they go to the docks. Yeah. For a bit of um, a poke around. To look at the Ningpo. And uh, and they walk past uh, Spectre logo in the background. Because again. <laughs> an, an evil organisation has to have a logo. Yeah. You've got to have a logo. You should have it printed on all your stuff. I hope they have t-shirts and hoodies. <laughs> And and other things like that, Ma- mouse mats. And I, I don't think chemicals or synthetic turpentine would be transported in massive, unstacked or unprotected containers or cylinders like that. I don't know. Is this is the days before health and safety? Well, clearly, because they they have a a bloody forklift truck, which possibly the the slowest running over. Imaginable, coming straight for him to try and kill him. They let the girl go pretty quick as well. They do. So yeah, he gets into a ruck with the crew and shoots a few people. Let the girl go. Now and I, then, sorry to interrupt. I'm I'm, ju- I'm just at the bit where the the girls just sort of climb down a rope and run off. Yeah, I quite like that. She's shown to be quite a strong, independent, Athletic, yeah, character. He's not saving her. She doesn't need him saving her. She's let, waited till he said, you get off, I'll be all right with this. But he's, she's fine with it. Yeah. And leaves him to fight his way across a, roof, a rooftop with a fantastic helicopter shot. 
Like the uh, may they must have had a bit of spare budget because this like seriously, what was the point for this one shot? It's it, like it is just a, a couple of stuntmen running across a roof and and the the brilliant uh, classic only one person can attack him at once. Yeah, and uh, then it stops. Well, he gets through the door and then he does those backflips onto the. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, and those happily empty boxes. I mean, I'd love yeah, it if he just did the, the first one. What are the one. chances? Yeah, and just paralyzed. That is, ah, ah, that was metal cans. Ah, just nearly dead. And then they... I just realized they do an instant replay of it. No, he does it twice. Oh, I see. The two balconies. Yeah. I thought that as well. I thought that they're showing it from a different angle, but no, it's it's just it's two different levels. And of course, what you do then is put him in the room with the hot woman, who's got you... a drawer of devices to skin him with. <laughs> and th- this is probably my favourite bit in the whole film, and also the bit that that Shell just didn't understand at all, where he offers her. Uh, he's still in character as a businessman, and he offers her like was it a hundred grand or something mm. to uh, to join him and and. Uh, uh, just give up her, her life of crime, and he, he obviously throughout the scene is flirting in some way because um, she goes, "Yeah, right." And he thinks, "Bonus, yeah, that just, worked." Yeah, that was that, easier that, than I that, thought. That, that that bit of Bruta splashed on this morning must have worked wonders. It's yeah, he's just getting off with her now. He's still tied to the chair. Yeah, but the thing is. In the next scene, she's going to kill him. Or as far as she's aware, she's going to take him up in a little plane. Hang on a second, because he's on an enemy boat, an enemy ship. He's just agreed to to turn this woman against Spectre, or or the the chemical company, as as we believe it to be. Um, And instead of escaping straight away, they decide, we'll have a bit of nookie now. Is that irresistible? And they've got that much time. Yeah. Where does the bloody airfield and plane come from? I don't know. I'm just waiting for them to stop getting off with each other and we'll see what happens. <laughs> oh, what have I done here? Because it just cuts to uh, some sort of Cessna or something with the two of them in it. And someone taking off. And, uh, this pilot, it puts the wheels up far too early for my liking. Does he do it straight away? Yeah. As soon as they're off the deck, the wheels are going up. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, he didn't even know he's properly taken off by that point. I think it was put them up or you'll hit that camera we've left on the (laughs) runway. Funnily enough, I'm just going slow-mo. It looks like it may have actually hit the camera. It it... probably did, but the front wheel's right there on the lens. Right. And there's someone operating that camera as well because it tilts up. Jesus. Now, why didn't she just shoot him in the head on the boat? I don't know. Why all of this? Just And and once again, who has a contraption in a Spectre-logoed aircraft that... Traps your hands. I mean, how lucky do you have to be that his hands are in his lap? That's that's the other problem with that plan, isn't it? It is. 
Like, oh, he kept his hands on the handrest all the time. I couldn't get him. We've only got the lap one installed in this plane. <laughs> and then she bails out. Over what is clearly southern England as well, by the way. <laughs> that That is not Hong Kong, where that plane is It's flying. China. They're China now. China. It's it's not, though. It's not. It's It's near you, is where that is. I think you're right. Yeah. Just, just look at the. That would be that would be Denham Airfield. Yeah, the trees, the fields. It's 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 the south of England. There's just no two ways about it. It's not anywhere in China. Um, but luckily Bond escapes by being able to land the plane and get out. And what a landing shit, as well! It was a shit plan. Just such an awful, awful plan. It's amazing how it just like it doesn't even really skid. It just stops when it hits the deck. It doesn't flip. Gives him enough time to escape before it blows up. Almost as if it's being towed behind some sort of large wagon or something as a bit of a special effect. But he's, he lives Did to... Did the f- tow rope give it away? Yeah. He lives to fight another day, though. I'm he s- does. We've got, we've got to skip ahead. I was this is the say, longest film ever. Yeah, we've, got, we've just passed the hour point in the film. <laughs> Little not even, Nelly. Not even that. Yeah, so anyway, Little Nelly appears, because Q comes and, and... Well, he orders it from Q, doesn't he? And Little Nelly appears. Yeah. Now, this is wonderful. This is essentially like the motorbike equivalent of a helicopter. Yeah. Or the helicopter equivalent of a motorbike would be much more accurate. Is it a plane? Is it a helicopter? We don't know, but it can kick ass. I'm, I've got to say, though, that... Um, if he used any of these machine guns or rockets... I don't know how that would affect the stability of it, it's, but but like, it's not the heaviest thing, is it? No, it looks amazing fun though. It does, and it, it you got to remember this thing was real. Yeah, and I I think I believe the story is this: some guy had just built it. Yeah, and and they saw it. and It was like, oh, that'd be great in a James Bond film. So they put it in. Yeah. So it's not like there were a fleet of these flying around or Boeing made them. It was some bloke in a shed who had bits of stuff left over. That's how... Oh, my God. It's brilliant, though. It really is. And I love the way he buzzes them after he takes off. He's got that early GoPro camera on his helmet. (laughs) He's well kitted out. I think the noise would have been unbearable, but what do I know? He's got ear defenders. Yeah. And luckily he gets attacked by black helicopters with guys wearing sunglasses. Little fantasy of mine. It's, yeah. But, and know. and I'm not sure who has a, a fleet of four helicopters that are exactly the same. And they need to constantly be on uh, patrol around the volcano. I'll tell you who. Go on. Osato Chemicals and Spectre. Ah, there we go. I, I, I love how... Uh, on the dashboard of his, his little Nelly. They haven't even had time to make proper signs. No, it's all done in Dymo label tape. <laughs> it's... But it's it's a pro it's colour coded. So it is. that's alright, because it's like flamethrowers. Defensive and, green. and Oh is it yeah, no, it's defensive and attack things. Or no fuse. That's what it says. You want to switch for your fuse. And then he well, he sets about destroying many model helicopters. 
it's a nice little sequence for the time. It's good, isn't it? I quite like it still. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. I And I do like that it was a helicopter assembled from bits in a bag. Yeah. Um. So skipping on rather rapidly, the Russians fire their rocket. It is eaten by the big rocket. Which yeah. we then see lands in a volcano. Yes. Now, was this a James Bond soundstage at Pinewood sort of... Because that lair, that's a real set. Oh, yeah. And it's huge. Yeah. Um, that That is sort of aircraft hangar and beyond kind of I, size. This was before they built the Bond stage, so... Was was the Bond stage built for... Uh, I want to say the, for your eyes the, only. The, the, I, think, yeah. I think, you know, it might have been. It was the one with the three submarines. Which, yeah. which one was that? For your eyes only, I think. It is, yeah. It was built for that one because they didn't have one big enough to accommodate um, uh, three submarines. So I've got a feeling that this was either an external set that they built a roof to or it was very cleverly shot. Right. I, I do think it's spectacular either way. It's it's a really good set. But it this is. this gives us our, our Bond trope of bad guy with the evil lair in a volcano. Yeah. Um, And that no one has noticed. Yeah. Um, No geologists have noticed this whatsoever. Uh, used to be an active volcano. Now it's a hidden lair. With spaceships flying in and out of it as well. Oh, and, and helicopters as well. Mm. It's got a monorail, a very flimsy monorail system. <laughs> Who installs all this shit? That's that's the thing. I mean, it's it's problems with the Bat Cave times a million. Yeah. You know, um, and and at least with a piranha tank as well. Yeah, and and art. This is the, again, and plants and all kinds of things. They want it to be a nice, comfortable underground lair. And they want all people in matching uniforms colour-coded to their task. <laughs> well, the thing is, I suppose when, you, when you've got such deadly stuff around you, you've got to have very nice stuff as well. I, I suppose so. And a giant map of the earth on the, on the wall. Yeah. You want that. And, of course. And Kato from the Pink Panther movies, he's there as well. But is it Bert Wong? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I have to look this up because he's too famous for me to not. Bert Kwok. That's it. As number, okay. As number three. Kato from the Pink Panther films, most famously. Um, and we find out that it's this dude. It's Blofeld. It's Spectre. They're stealing the spaceships. And we get this very nice, long, drawn-out sequence of them removing uh, the little spaceship from the big spaceship. Yeah. Then he... Then... We get to meet Blofeld again um, with his, his cat. He kills the hot henchwoman. Because she didn't kill Bond properly. I share his pain. Like, why did you not shoot him in the head when you had him tied to the chair? What was all this? No, let's put him on a plane, bollocks. Just shoot him in the head. <sighs> I've got to say, though, whoever did the stunt for, for her falling into the... the Piranha tank. Got a massive whack on the head from the set. Did they bang their head? Yeah. Let me just play that back. It happens a lot to Bond uh, stunt people. 
God, yeah, you're right. Piranhas don't really kill people like that, you know? No. They, they like dead flesh, don't they? Yeah. So, he, I mean, because... I mean, again, I think of the processes behind it, and he's, I want a pond of piranhas. They don't eat people like that. Are you sure? Yeah. Well, let's test it. We've got to test it. And they, they have to just throw someone in, surely, to see if, it, if they get eaten. Because it would be so embarrassing if he did the, the bridge thing, she didn't get eaten and just got out all pissed off. <laughs> What'd you do that for? It was a good suit. Yeah, and he had to just kind of play it like, oh, I just wanted to get you wet. That was all. That's annoying, isn't it? That's all I meant to do. If I wanted you dead, you'd be dead. So the businessmen have a bit of a dramatic look at each other, and then we cut to ninja school. Bond trope again, ninja school. It's brilliant. It is, and they they say uh, it's it's a bit of a it's almost a bit of a Batman Begins kind of scenario, isn't it? Yeah, where he goes to become a ninja, but he has three days rather than ten years or whatever. And they got the ninja throwing stars and swords and they're all killing each other willy-nilly rocket propelled bullets yeah <laughs> for wow. when bullets aren't fast enough rocket propelled bullets find you're shooting at people and they run away from you too quickly and the bullets never actually hit them <laughs> faster bullets that's what you need and it's it was all about rockets in the 60s that's what it was i'm behind the idea 110 percent I like rocket-propelled bullets and exploding cigarettes. <laughs> the cigarette gun. Brilliant. Now, and then the next and, scene... And then, then they come up with a plan, don't they? Because they're yeah. like, right, okay, you've got to get in there, but you've got to fit in. This volcano is right next to this little fishing village, so we've organised for you to marry this woman. And there's a big thing about Bond getting married, because he's like, oh, she's going to be a right-ugger. She's she's going to be ugly. And and they go well, but you, first of all, you you have to fit in. So we're going to make you into a Chinese man, which you know it's it's a shame that for a James Bond film, the next scene is Sean Connery's last scene because then they have someone different playing the role of James Bond for the next few scenes, don't they? And I've <laughs> I've searched and searched, but I've not been able to find be the actor. I think he name. might be a Romulan. Actually, he does look quite Romulan, doesn't he? <laughs> With the bowl haircut, the slightly arched eyebrows, and 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 this is where they supposedly shave him, because Chinese men aren't hairy, and uh, and they have, uh, yeah, arched eyebrows. It's it's really terrible, isn't it? It's so bad. So they do that for a scene. They've got these prosthetic eyelids or whatever for a scene, and then uh, a ninja, rogue ninja, tries to kill him whilst he's sleeping with another girl. Sorry, just one more thing about the, the ethnicity change. We have to point out the absurdity of, again, this is carried out by a group of women in their pants. Oh, yeah. For no reason. With, with Washing him with some peeled apples, apparently. Something like that. It's a very bizarre thing. It is. Uh, but anyway, I just wanted to point that out. It, it gets silly a bit there. Uh, and then, of course, his his wife is killed by the ninja with the poison. And it's not. This isn't his wife. This is his girl from China. Oh right, okay. And and just it's amazing how accurately she positions her mouth underneath the uh, poison. 
that's been dripped into her mouth while she sleeps. It is very unlucky, isn't it? It's very and 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 yet Bond still, even though he's now a ninja, still sleeps with a gun under his pillow. It's a special rocket ninja gun. <laughs> okay. So of course he does. You've got to have your ninja gun if you're a ninja. And he, and so, he is now. He's the tallest ninja that ever lived. And most Chinese. And definitely, most Chinese. Definitely I mean, most Chinese. How do they deal with that? The fact that he is a foot taller than everyone else in that entire country. But then you could say the same about Dr. No, couldn't you? Way back when. Because it was just a guy who they'd done something to his eyes. I think we did say the same yeah. thing about Dr. No. It's like, but but he's not Chinese. What, what are you doing? But, okay. So anyway, he gets really pissed off that his girlfriend's been killed. Um, so uh, we cue a montage of him becoming real ninja. It, yeah. And killing that guy with the spiky stick and everything. Yeah. And these, then, these ninjas can't be very good because they're like, they keep getting infiltrated. By people who they immediately, when they look at them, recognise that they're not one of theirs. So you would think if they're just wandering around all day, I they, did, they'd be caught. You would think so, wouldn't you? I mean, I guess they're too focused on their ninjuring. It must be. I just feel sorry for the poor guy that suddenly thought he could kill James Bond because he had a pointy bit on his stick. <laughs> like you've just had a stick fight with him and he beat you. The difference in that was not the pointy bit on the end. He kicked the shit out of you, mate. He's going to do that whether you've got a pointy bit on your stick or not. Nah, he beats Bond. He flicks the, uh, the stick out of his hand. Oh, does he really? Am I not Bond surrenders. Attention? I do apologise. I'm not paying attention. You're absolutely And Bond right. grabs his stick and stabs him. And then we move on to the, the, the wedding bit where he's really worried that there's going to be an ugly woman. She's not bad. Uh, well, I've got to be honest, none of them are. And, and at no point did the, the did Tanaka turn to him and go, you know, you don't have to shagger. <laughs> this is just a cover, and it doesn't really matter if she's fit or not. You're going to have to get over this to Bond, right? I think I think they might, <laughs> I think they might have shot this in in high sunlight on purpose, so that he doesn't look as bad or she doesn't look as bad. No, so that he he's sort of. Looks a bit more Chinese. He still doesn't look very Chinese at all. He still looks though. Romulan. He still looks Romulan. He does. I I've skipped past a lot here. Yeah, let's. I'm at one twenty three at the moment. Oh yeah, go on. Go and and the the bad guys launched his spaceship out of the volcano. The and American... Nothing. Nothing happens till the last twenty minutes on this film. This is just plot progression, really. Um, there's not much to say about it. And until we get the massive fight in the volcano at the end. Which is, by all accounts, quite spectacular. And it's clearly time for most of these ninjas to get killed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, I've gone off notes here. I, I, I kind of gave up making notes at this point because they were just a bit pointless, really. Yeah, the, we get to meet Blofeld finally. That's yes, got to be worth true. a mention. And it's Donald Pleasance. It's the guy who went blind in The Great Escape. <laughs> Maybe that's what pissed him off. Oh, no, because he dies in The Great Escape, doesn't he? Spoilers there. <laughs> have we missed the bit where Bond poses... Yeah, we have. Bond poses as an astronaut. 
and gets caught out because he no astronaut would take his air conditioning unit into the ship with him. Yeah. And be a foot it, taller than his spacesuit. Yeah. But they do they do uh, rescue the other astronauts who've been captured and then yeah, so and then he meets Blofeld. And uh and do they launch? Oh no, he, he asks for a cigarette. Um, of course, because he's got special ningus, ninja, mm. uh, ninja. Ninja. That could have been so much worse of a Freudian <laughs> slip. Ninja uh, cigarettes. You let him have your own, his own cigarettes. That's terrible. He he doesn't choose to just turn around 180 degrees and kill Blofeld there in front of everybody. No. He shoots some poor local guy who's probably just got the only job he can get trying to feed his family. It's really upsetting, actually. Sorry. He's probably forced into it. Brought it there. No, I'm just played it through. He could have turned around and killed Blofeld then. Never mind. And then they capture him again. Blofeld yeah. never puts his cat down. Not once. But have you seen how terrified the cat looks? It's absolutely <laughs> shitting itself. When there's explosions. That cat, that poor cat, is struggling to get out of his arms and Blofeld is gripping it. Must be strangling <laughs> it. <laughs> poor thing. Oh, that poor cat's face. It doesn't it look happy at itself. all, does it? Really doesn't look happy. <laughs> um, That's amazing. You wouldn't get away with it these days. No. No, it'd have to be a CG cat or you'd have to put a note at the end. Or something. But he manages to save the day. He nevertheless, does. Nevertheless, after this big ruck in the volcano. It's yeah, just and... unfortunate that Blofeld's got to make the volcano erupt button. Hidden, <laughs> hidden away. Well, you know, I guess he, he built the, the only thing holding the lava back was the floor, right? I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> did, can we get into the physics required in building a floor that blocks up a volcano successfully? I do, I'm, I'm, I do I'm like if... the... Uh... The explosion of the model of the set—that's that's impressive. It's why everything just jumps up. It, it must be quite heartbreaking for the guys whose job it is to make the set. Aren't no, that no, the the set blowing up's a model, definitely. Well, he, I, well, that's what I mean. The model, uh, really. You're right. It does. It all jumps up. It's like that. Uh, oh, what was the game? Was it frustration where you had the board? You push the board down, and you have to fit all the shapes onto the board oh, before yes. the timer runs out and it throws them all in your face. Yeah. it's That's what it looked like. Uh, luckily, there's a little channel to swim through. For... Where the gas was earlier, but this time it doesn't make any difference. Yes. Well, because they're escaping, you see. Yeah. Um, so Bond and, and the seven surviving ninjas and his girlfriend get no, away. No, there's nicely. more than seven. <laughs> there's at least eight. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and then yeah, there's some life rafts that are dropped by some passing military aircraft, and then we have another Bond trope starting here, where he's in the life raft with the girl, and uh, the uh, the submarine surfaces and captures the raft on top. Is that what happened? I thought that happens in. Uh... Oh, no, you're right. 
no, hang on, hang on. No, it doesn't. I think he just stays in the boat, doesn't he? I don't know. Hang on, I'm fast-forwarding it. I'm waiting for it to get there. Oh, no, no, you are absolutely right. I know, I'm watching it in front of me. I'm I have got the course. alternative ending version. Of course, I, was, I think I was a minute behind you. Uh, but yes, he gets caught on the top of the boat. That is done again. Yeah. Uh, it's a good one. If you can do it. That's just a submarine pilot showing off. It is, isn't it? I bet, do you know what? I bet it was attached to the submarine. <laughs> How many takes do you think they did before they went, fuck it, let's just tie a bloody thing to the top yeah. of the submarine. Ah, oh, and then James Bond will be back in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, well. There's nothing we can do about it. It's, no. it's going to happen, and it's going to happen next. That's going to be after Christmas, though, isn't it? Oh, God. I don't know. <laughs> well, I've got to watch it yet. I know. And that's that's what... That's all, it's I don't a mind. sad one, though. I it know. It's a sad one. I know. That's, there aren't any other sad ones, as if there's a sad James Bond film, but nevertheless, there it is. Uh, and so I don't really want to watch it, but I'm going to do it. We have to. We have course, We have to. That's course. the whole point of this show. Yeah. We have to. You take the good with the bad. Yeah. You know, Alison won't watch a single one, as I've said, so no. we have uh, to. Did we start grading these way back when? Because I can't remember if we started grading them. No I feel idea. like we did. I feel like we did, but haven't for the last few. But in term, in terms of this one... What, do you think it's a good I, one? It's not a bad one. It, I, I, it's a middle of the range one. This, I, I kind of think it, it's it's not bad. As I said at the beginning, I think it's the last one of the the established mm. early. I good did ones. get the feeling though that Sean Connery was sort of just calling it in. I am not sure how much he wanted to do this. No, I, I'm not sure how much of it he was particularly happy with. Um. As you pointed out, he's wearing a wig. So. And nothing happens in the story until the last, it literally is the last 25 minutes, something happens. Yeah. It's, if I were picking a random Bond film to watch for my own entertainment, I don't know that I'd pick this one up. It's not one of the ones you immediately go for, is it? No. I don't know anyone who would say that this was their favourite one. It's certainly the one that's been, uh, Mocked the most, I suppose, with things like Austin Powers and and The Simpsons and everything like that, because it is the one with the volcano base, yeah, and the uh, the ship in in uh, the spaceship swallowing up others and ninja schools and all sorts. I think it's it's maybe an important Bond film. It is because it's the first time we see Blofeld. Yeah, but it, it's not necessarily. If if I were ranking it as a film on its own, I would give it three out of five. It's a, it's an absolutely fine film. I don't think it would. There's nothing particularly upsetting in it. There's, it's yeah. not particularly bad, but it's not great either. It's no. just it just is, and it's fine. <coughs> you know, if it's New Year's Day or Boxing Day, and it's on ITV, you'd watch it. Except you get annoyed with the ad breaks because it doesn't like with something like Goldfinger. You can you can forgive the ad breaks, but this you'd go, oh, another ad break. And you're you're two hours in. You're like, I'm still watching this movie, and right. still nothing's happened. Yeah, I'll come back after the Queen's speech. Get to the volcano for God's <laughs> sake. 
key insight into the British holiday period there. <laughs> yeah, really. There'll always be a shit Bond film on on Boxing Day and New Year's Day, possibly both. Possibly both. Although actually, it's normally a Roger Moore one. Do, do you know what Sky have ruined that now? They, have. they got Sky Movies 007 running again at the moment. Or but they've I'm lost sure. Star Wars though, haven't they? Because oh. that's on ITV all the time at the moment. Right. Okay. I don't. I, I didn't notice that. Mind you, we've not got the movies anymore, so I've I've kind of lost touch of what they've got and what they haven't got. Hmm. I know Netflix don't have it. No. So there we go. So thank you for that. That was uh It's done. It's done. There is nowhere to go but forward now. I'm glad you said forward. It is forward. It is that's the only way you can describe it. like we Oh god. <laughs> we've, uh, the problem is we've now got into a probably live and let die. That's the next good one. Yes it is. Yeah, cuz and we've got so many in between now and then. Well, there's only two. Two? Isn't there? There's only uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service and Diamonds Are Forever. Oh, okay. And, right. and then it's... I thought it was more than that. Live and Let Die's a good one, but very racist. <laughs> yes, it really is. Man with the Golden it... Gun is... Oh, yeah, I, I kind of like that one. It's, it's all right, but it's got Christopher Lee, the greatest car stunt in all of cinema history. Yeah. And Britt Eklund. Yeah. So that one is That's a good one. And then and then it's we're kind of waiting around for Timothy Dalton. Yeah. Because A View to a Kill is just scary. That one is not... I think we'll be okay with that one. Christopher Walken and Grace Jones in the same room. There's some there's some good moments in it though. It's it's not bad. I tell you I tell you what though, the 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 Roger Moore era, era is renowned for its ridiculous car chases. Absolutely. And that's what keeps it sane. Yeah. We'll, we'll do well with it. There are all right films. All right. Okay. And, and there's Raker. Jaws as well. Jaws. <gasps> I'd forgotten so about Jaws. Yeah. And, the, and the sheriff. Ah, oh, yeah. Okay. We'll be fine. We'll be We've f- just got to get through the next couple yeah. and, and we'll be fine. We just have to remember that they're not going to be really serious films from here on. Yeah. That's fine. I can we'll be yeah. okay. They're, they're, this is where it definitely switches to, well, okay, after the next two, then it switches to comedy. Mm. That's the best way to look at it. Fine. Cool. I, can, I can do that. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed this latest journey into the Bond universe. Uh, again, I think we've gone longer than the running time of the film. Oh, not quite. We're just short by 20 minutes, so okay. not so bad there. So uh, we'll catch you on another episode. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.